Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. Welcome to the October 8, 2019 Quadcast. First up, decisions, decisions, decisions. So which PARP inhibitor is best for maintenance therapy in advanced ovarian cancer? PARP inhibitors have an established role in advanced ovarian cancer. However, the only current indication in the frontline setting is for maintenance olaparib for women with BRCA mutations. Three landmark PARP inhibitor trials were presented at ESMO 2019. Paola 1 featuring olaparib, Prima featuring Nuraparib, and Valia featuring Filiparib. Here's the big question each addressed with some small twists. And the question is, does maintenance PARP inhibition after platinum-based chemotherapy improve progression-free survival in a general population of patients with advanced stage 3 or 4 ovarian cancer. But here's the question that was really being asked. Does the benefit of PARP inhibition in BRCA-mutated tumors translate to those with homologous recombination repair deficiency? And does the size of that subset provide a large enough benefit to get FDA approval for all advanced ovarian cancer. The homologous recombination repair deficiency part has to do with the fact that defects in this DNA repair pathway give tumors a phenotypic BRCA-ness. That means the tumors act and respond much like BRCA-mutated tumors. So how is homologous recombination repair deficiency determined? Well, with the MyChoice HRD CDX assay from Myriad. This is a test that evaluates tumor tissue for tumor's genomic instability status. It uses three biomarkers, including loss of heterozygosity, large-scale state transitions, and telomeric allelic imbalance. It spits out a score, and there you have it, whether or not any given tumor fits into a group considered to have homologous recombination repair deficiency. Over half of the patients in these trials had homologous recombination repair deficiency. In Paola 1, maintenance bevacizumab was given with or without olaparib following chemo plus bevacizumab. In Prima, maintenance niraparib or placebo was given after chemotherapy alone. In Valia, patients were randomized to either chemotherapy, chemotherapy plus filiparib without maintenance, or chemotherapy plus filiparib with filiparib maintenance. In all three trials, the incorporation of a PARP inhibitor significantly improved the primary endpoint of progression-free survival for the entire patient cohort. Now, the subset of patients with homologous recombination repair deficiency in each trial also had a significant improvement in progression-free survival. But here's where things get a little tricky. Olaparib didn't seem to benefit the patients who didn't have homologous recombination repair deficiency in Paola 1. And Viliparib, concurrent with chemo, but without maintenance, didn't improve progression-free survival for anyone. Viliparib combination and maintenance 
also didn't seem to benefit patients who didn't have homologous recombination repair deficiency. It was niraparib, though, that actually seemed to benefit even those who didn't have homologous recombination repair deficiency or a BRCA mutation. Admittedly, this story's got a lot in it. So here are the bottom lines. Number one, maintenance niraparib following platinum-based chemotherapy improves progression-free survival among all subsets of patients with advanced ovarian cancer. Number two, filiparib given with chemotherapy and then in maintenance improves progression-free survival for advanced ovarian cancer, mainly by benefiting those with homologous recombination repair deficiency. And number three, maintenance olaparib when added to bevacizumab improves progression-free survival for advanced ovarian cancer, mainly by benefiting those with homologous recombination repair deficiency. Up second, which switch? Most men with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer will have seen some sequence of androgen deprivation therapy, an androgen signaling targeted agent, including enzalutamide and abiraterone, and docetaxel. And while outcomes are improving with these regimens, prostate cancer is a pretty nasty disease when it gets beyond this point. But after progressing on an androgen signaling inhibitor and docetaxel, is it better to switch to a different androgen signaling inhibitor or to the next generation taxane, cabazitaxel? The CARD trial, as published in the New England Journal 2019 by DeWitt, asked just this question. So men with either PSA or clinical progression after receiving some sequence of docetaxel and either abiraterone or enzalutamide were randomized to then receive either cabazitaxel or the alternate androgen signaling inhibitor. Remembering that we're in the very advanced stage of prostate cancer here, cabazitaxel doubled the primary endpoint of radiographic progression-free survival from 3.7 to 8 months. It also improved overall survival a small but significant amount with an absolute benefit of 2.6 months, moving the median overall survival from 11 to 13.6 months. And the PSA response improved from a rate of 13.5% to 35.7%. The bottom line is, for men whose metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer progresses after both docetaxel and an androgen receptor inhibitor, switching taxanes to carbazitaxel as opposed to switching to a different androgen signaling inhibitor provides the most meaningful clinical benefit. Up next not just peanuts. Even though whole brain radiation after local therapy doesn't improve survival, it reduces the rate of developing new brain metastases, especially if there isn't a good systemic therapy option. Well, at least that's what basically every study has shown to date. But this randomized trial came to different conclusions, as published in JCO 2019 by Hong et al. 
It's one of the few brain metastases trials to focus on a specific histology, melanoma. Recruiting during, but mostly before, the transition to BRAF inhibition and immune checkpoint inhibitors, this trial randomized patients who received local therapy for limited, defined as one to three, melanoma brain metastases to no further therapy or the addition of whole brain radiation. It was a fairly large trial, 215 patients, yet there was no significant improvement in the rate of distant intracranial failure 12 months after treatment with whole brain radiation, 42% versus 50% without. Finally, completely dissected. Final analysis of the German DCOG-SLT trial as published in JCO 2019 by Leiter et al. confirms that there is no improvement in overall survival, distant metastasis-free survival, or recurrence-free survival with a completion lymph node dissection for melanoma, which is consistent with previous findings from the MSLT2 trial as published in the New England Journal 2017. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.